Baptist 21 is a pastor-led voice for Southern Baptists in the 21st century. The B21 podcast will discuss current issues in the SBC with Southern Baptist church leaders. To check out more resources, visit us at baptist21.com. Welcome to the Baptist 21 podcast. I'm Nate Aiken, your host, and we have conversations here about what it means to be Baptist in the 21st century. We've had this conversation before with Jonathan Carswell, a 10 of those, uh, but good to talk to you again as we kind of approach the Christmas season. Uh, so nice to be back. T- to come back to a place means they've forgiven you or forgotten you. So thank you for doing one of those two things. <laughs> uh, this means we enjoy the conversation and love what you guys do. So we might, we'll probably have some new people to the audience. Let's just start briefly, tell people who you guys are, uh, how even the name came about, and uh, and then broadly how you serve the church. We'll talk more specifically about the Christmas season. But yeah, tell us who you are uh, for people who don't know, how you got the sure. name, how you guys serve the church. Yeah, yeah. So I work for a ministry called tenofthose.com, and we handpicked the best resources from across the publishers. So what we do is we're road testing uh, all, all the books uh, before we before we list them, so we know that they hold to the Bible, they, they point to Jesus, and so we have a curated um, store uh, online, and, and then we discount everything with the idea that uh, if the prices are lower, hopefully more can go out, and we see these books as gospel seeds. So, how many gospel seeds can we can, can we be planting? And then we use our profits to support missions around the world for those who otherwise couldn't afford uh, afford resources. So that's what we're seeking to do. Ways that we do it, obviously online, penofthose.com. And if you shop online, it's, it's only ever a dollar shipping. But we provide pop-up bookstores uh, for conferences, for churches, for women's retreats, wherever Christians are gathered, we can bring a, a pop-up bookstore and we uh, we're bringing books there and recommending uh, highlighting books and seeking to get them out, uh, as well as kind of stuff that we've talked before of like a customized online store for churches, these sorts of things. The name came about. I was a youth pastor in Northern Ireland and started selling Christian books as a hobby, but you had to buy ten at a time. And uh, I would buy in a thousand. I'd sell them in tens, and hopefully by the end of the month, before the credit card was due, they'd all be gone. And so people would say, "I'll get ten of those and ten of those." And the name stuck. So now you don't have to buy 10, but the yeah. more you buy, the cheaper it gets. And that's really how we're uh, seeking to support churches. We sell to individuals, uh, of course, but for churches, the more the more you buy, the cheaper it gets. So if you've got small group material, evangelistic stuff, you're wanting to buy pew Bibles, if, if you're wanting volume or we can encourage you to think volume because our prices are lower, that's where we really come into our element. You're fine if they buy a thousand of those. Yeah, I try. Yeah, should, should, uh, should have done that. But <laughs> yeah. Hey, I want to ask a broad question. Your, I mean, your family has been in ministry for a while. Very passionate about evangelism. Yeah, I want to talk broadly about that before talking specifically about the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you? So you you're from the UK. Uh, you've served in um, nor- Northern Ireland, but you've lived in the states now, Chicago. Would love yeah. to know how you just. What's your gauge of how the church is spiritually in the UK and then how we can learn kind of from what's happened in the UK and what you're seeing even happening here as you live here in the States? Just an overall kind of assessment of the spirituality of the churches and kind of entering into an evangelism season. So the UK is is very dark spiritually. Um, There is uh, an anti-Christian approach from our media. Um, the 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 foundations of which the the nation were built 
uh, on have really been ignored and maligned for years and and in many ways now are just they're either mocked or ignored um or worse seen as dangerous because they tie us up with with other things issues like sexuality humanity um they would just see a, the a biblical view as dangerous um uh there are there are distinctions that northern ireland is probably slightly uh, more like america um though is is fast declining as well what it means is where there is a beacon on a hill a, a church that is is seeking to hold out the bible as the darkness is is very dark the the light can be can be brighter it also i think means that if if that church has made that stand they are they are absolutely going against the flow so their convictions need to be extremely strong they need to be united now don't get me wrong there's plenty of church splits and church fallouts um but those who are standing for truth know why they're standing and are seeking to stand together uh where 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 possible i think the the church of england in the uk is, is in a very desperate position i think it's been there for a while but um has been veiled um what it means though is this this darkness light contrast is very much there we can't plant a church and have 200 people show up the first week like is possible in some places of the states you know you can be plugging away for 10 15 years and see one two converts um it is a hard slog mm. the thing that encourages me in the uk is they they are on mission to reach out and evangelize and i think because they can't just open a church and people show up there is this um daily desire to be reaching out and we see that in all sorts of different ways though obviously one of our ways is to encourage people to think how they use literature evangelistically and praise god we the uk is a small nation 60 million people uh, but we are seeing hundreds of thousands of evangelistic material um tracks booklets uh books even dvds still going out in huge numbers and we just pray that you know those seeds are scattered and and eternal fruit would come i think with regards to the us and i i you know i have a little perspective from the short time i've been here and i say this not as the uk's better or worse at just comparison i have to say i'm deeply deeply troubled by the lack of evangelistic vigor of churches in the states i have to say i'm not saying this from a position of strength that i'm seeing converts every day in my personal conversations i i'm in as much need for help and challenge on this as as anybody else but i have to say i travel around after church after church and i see good stuff happening particularly in the discipleship of of christians I also see good stuff in terms of checks being written for overseas mission, which we must commend. I think another area I would commend is how churches in the States um, regard and invest adoption. I think the UK can learn a huge amount on that. But when it comes to reaching our neighbors, the people we rub shoulders with, the you know, those at Trader Joe's or or those in the workplace who 
maybe have some church experience, but are, are sleepwalking into hell. Mm. I really am troubled by, you know, even in our own church, the lack of evangelistic um, busyness that there is. And uh, it weighs heavy on my heart, I'll be honest. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. We, uh, I don't know if you know this, this brother is a guy named Jonathan Worsley, who's going to be planting yeah. in Exeter, England. So it's a pillar uh, in my other work with Pillar. Uh, good brother. He's from England. So it's, he's heading I've home. been in Nashville for a little while, hasn't he? Okay. Yeah. Oh, you have. Yeah. Okay. So you know Jonathan. Great. Yeah. Well, yeah. I know he's, yeah, preparing for a tough thing, but also he's obviously trusts the Lord. And yeah. so we're looking forward to seeing how, how those things go. On the um, so again, you're you you come from not just you're not just passionate about evangelism. You come from a family uh, that's passionate about it. So you've grown up around this. What have been the biggest resources, books, things that have been helpful to you as you think about um, being evangelistic? Yeah, it's funny. I was talking about this uh, with somebody today who's a youth worker who was saying, "Young people, I'm not sure they can explain the gospel, and do they understand it?" One of the things I was saying to them, and th there's negative when you hear the gospel over and over and over again. And in fact, uh, you know, before I became a Christian, living in a Christian household, a youth group asked me, the, the youth group I was in asked me to give my testimony. I wasn't a Christian, but I'd heard it so often I could I could just kind of deliver it. So there is a danger with familiarity and um, uh, and things. But I would say, you know, people need to be hearing the gospel whether that's in your Sunday services, um, in the books that they're reading, in the devotions, in their small groups, et cetera, to, uh, to, to, to know it, to be able to share it, to remain excited by it. Um, you know, I think we often, the, the, the things that are closest to home, we often become um, sort of um, content with and just too familiar with that it loses its wonder. But repetition of hearing the gospel, and I would say preachers out there, don't be afraid in your preaching to, hey, let's just remind ourselves of what the gospel is. So, for example, I don't know, um, the dying thief. You, you look at, at the dying thief. Four things happened as he was on the cross. He, he recognized God because he turned and said, hey, don't you fear God? He recognized himself. He said, we're getting what we deserve. Then what does he do? He turns to Jesus. So he obviously recognizes Jesus. And as a result, he's remembered. There's the gospel from a passage in four sort of steps. And that process of recognition of God, ourselves, what he's done, and now what we must do as we put our trust in him, that just kind of framework, having that familiar, when I'm talking with my next door neighbor and we get chatting about something, in the back of my mind, I can have this little framework. Or so things like that, familiarity um, and, and repetition. There's a book called Intentional by Paul Williams, who was involved with Christianity Explored for a little while. People might know uh, know him for, from that. Um, intentional is really looking at how it is that in our conversations, we can go from uh, beyond the sort of, oh, yeah, what did you do at the weekend? Well, I went to church. Fine. But how do we get them onto who the person of Jesus? So talking about Jesus then how can we be doing it? How can we be taking them to the cross and how can we use the Bible to do it? So let's say somebody says, oh, isn't the news terrible at the moment? Can you, can you believe what's going on with Hamas and et cetera? Well, how do you take them to Jesus from that? How do you take them to the cross from that? And how do you use the Bible? Actually, his little book, Intentional, just walks through how you can do that with various different questions, whether it be suffering or, you know, um, purpose or, or, um, 
or, or, or sexuality, whatever it is. So uh, that's been a helpful book to me. I think Max Stiles' book, Evangelism for Church Leaders, on how you can create a culture of evangelism, not just kind of create a series of events or or a, a sort of how you can grow your mission fund, good as that is, but how do you create a culture of evangelism? I don't have a better book on that than, than Max's book on evangelism, which Nine Marks did. Um, I think the other thing for me, on literature is reading evangelistic books. So I'm familiar with the gospel, but I'm also familiar with that content and then having two or three spare copies. Mm. So Domino's Pizza had a, uh, had a, a, a deal on the other day. So we, 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 we got one. Well, when the Domino's Pizza man arrives, you know, if you, if you give a tip, which Americans love to do, um, uh, you know, have something ready that's going to actually potentially do him some eternal good. Now, I, I, the way I would do it is, hey, look, as you might have seen, I've got a big yellow van out the front and it says um, books about Jesus type thing. And so I sell Christian books uh, for a living. I'd love to just give you one as a little Christmas gift. Thanks for coming out in the cold. I've just been reading it and I thought you might enjoy it. Do you know, it's very, very rare people say no. Because a book is a bit more tangible, a bit more gift-like, and you know you can get them for a dollar or two. It's not as though it's going to break the bank. Um, but having those sorts of so reading them yourself to equip you so that you're ready to give a reason for the hope you have, but then using that as a well, we would say a lever or a lever to um, to um, to open the door of conversation of hey, I'd love to give you a gift, something like that. Yeah. What have you found helpful? Have you have there been things that have helped no, you? I, I, you do the one, the Max Dallas one you you yeah. mentioned. Um, there's uh, the is Packer um, evangelism. Got personal evangelism. Yeah. Is, yeah. It was really helpful to me. Um, but more than that, it's it's really it's funny because I haven't read intentionality, but the concept itself has been the thing that's been the most important, which is yeah. just I think most people. And this gets back to something you said a minute ago that. Um, there's a lack of evangelistic fervor in America. And I, and I think, I mean, I feel it even in my own soul at times. Um, and so how do you overcome that lack of fervor? I think sometimes it's because people think they're just not equipped to do it. And so we put things in their hands like you guys are doing to equip them. I think sometimes there's fear. And so how do you help people Definitely. overcome, you know, have proper fear of God and and proper understanding of not fearing man? Yes. Uh, but like getting at the root of those things has been what's most important. That usually has been sermons and other things more than books, but there are books that give you yeah. those intentional tools in your hand to, to know how to do those things. And so you've mentioned a couple of them. Rico Tice's book, Honest Evangelism, looks at that issue of fear really well. Um, one other thing I would say, this isn't books or resources, but I would ask people, you know, people listening today, who are the non-Christian friends in your life? And how often are you praying for them? And I'd perhaps go one step further and say, when did you last invite them over for dinner? Not to an evangelistic event or a, or just, you know, hey, we're having a fire pit this weekend. We're going to toast some marshmallows. Do you want to come around? When did that last happen? Because if those three things that you've got friends, you're praying for them, and you're engaging with them, if they aren't happening, sure, you, you can have the one-hit wonders with your, your Uber driver or what, whatever. But those long-lasting relationships where they will be able to see over a period of time both salt and light, 
Yeah, that's what we, that's what needs to happen. In the church that that I had helped plant here more than a decade ago, now we would we really emphasize Tim Chester's book, A Meal with Jesus, and how yeah. he was always in you know Luke's gospel going to or at or leaving a meal, and how yeah. you can use that for evangelism. Just just what you talked about, the Tim Chester book has been helpful as well. Yes, yeah. Um, we talked about this some last year, but I'd love to know. So we're moving into this season that that people are more open to hearing, and yes. you know, so we we need to share. What are the ways you're going to be using Christmas? Uh, for evangelism, and even just some of the ways that 10 of those would help equip and, and yeah. give resources for people to do that. So me personally, um, you know, my wife and I are trying to invite people over for for, um, for food and have been seeking to do that, you know, throughout the year, but there's a bit more sort of intention, I guess, uh, now. And we're seeking to lead our church in, in evangelism there. So we're going to have a carol service. It'll be a, a one-hour, um, fairly traditional, because I think that's what people want at Christmas. Um, almost carols and reading, but in a sort of contemporary style. Nobody's kind of walking in with robes like they would in uh, <laughs> in the olden days type thing in the UK, but fairly traditional in that sense. But uh, then a sort of 10 to 14 minute, uh, almost epilogue, um, uh, uh, evangelistic, very specifically uh, designed for those who are unchurched. And then uh, we're going to follow that up with, um, in January, we're going to be doing Christianity Explored. Now we're going to shrink it over a three-week period. But we, again, we don't want this to be a one-hit wonder. So that, that's how we're doing things uh, in terms of personally at Christmas. But at that service, we will give everybody a gospel and we'll tell them, hey, that's our gift to you. You take that home. And the the um, the pastor's going to preach from, from that gospel and we're going to help them become familiar with that. And, you know, I think we're getting those for a dollar each. Uh, so it's not going to break the bank. We're going to give an activity book to all the kids so that they can be coloring and whatever during the during the sermon. But then they take that home with them. And at the back is the Christmas story, which walks through the gospel. Personally, again, we're, we're thinking of our neighbors and our friends. We're going to make um, we're going to get the Costco brownie mix, make a load of brownies and just think of our neighbors kind of up and down the street. We're going to take them a, a plate of brownies, say happy Christmas. And with it, we're going to give them a book called um, The Light of the World written by Jonathan Griffiths, a pastor in Ottawa, Canada, and very winsomely, it's short, it's 48 pages, mm. so very readable, but still booky, gifty, um, just walks through the contrast of light and darkness from John's gospel in a way that's designed for non-Christians. Um, churches can do that en masse. You know, seriously, like price-wise, I think they come down to $1.49 or something. Could you give one to Everybody who enters your church this Christmas, maybe you've got a Christmas carol concert or uh, you, you run mops, get something for all the, the the parents, but then give something to the kids as well. We want people to come into church this Christmas and hear the gospel. So preachers, make sure you're presenting Christ in a way that uh, will be right and suitable for non-Christians, but then give them the gospel so they can take it home with them. And it is amazing what happens. Little Johnny takes home a, a, a nicely presented uh, kids' Christmas book, and Grandpa comes for for Christmas, and little Johnny says, "Hey, Grandpa, would you read this to me? I was given it." Suddenly, two people are hearing the gospel through something that was given. Now, those seeds can scatter in a vast way. What I really would encourage church leaders to to think is, blow the doors off in terms of possibilities. Don't think, "Oh, we'll get twenty and have them at the back and say, if anyone wants to take one." Buy one for everybody. Give them out en masse. We can do it in a way that doesn't blow the budget, but does blow seeds out everywhere. 
And then let's pray that those seeds would fall on on good soil. Um, So that's what I'd be encouraging churches to think. Like, this is what I love about the American church. They think big. They've got vision. The parking lots in American churches are are bigger than most churches, and they've got they've got vision for that. We'll have vision evangelistically of how you could reach out. You're going to send a photo and um, Christmas card thing, family. That's something we don't do in the UK. We don't take a photo of ourselves and send it to people. Maybe we should, but put a little gospel tract in. Or if you're going to send a Christmas card, make sure it's got a verse on that's suitable um, for for a non Christian. That even that can present the gospel to it. There's loads of opportunities if we if we give it some some thought. We were just working on our Christmas card in the last couple of days. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Hey, besides the Griffiths book you mentioned, what are some other books you would you would just commend from 10 of those that churches could consider buying a bulk of and giving out as gifts? Yeah, I mean, for, for kids, I mentioned kids. There's one called uh, Love Came Down, which basically walks through John's uh, John 316, um, but it was uh, specifically for Christmas. There's a, a, another one called um, The Night Before Christmas, which uses the rhyme, um, uh, the famous uh, rhyme, but does it, presents the gospel through it. That is a beautiful book. It's nice and big. And uh, again, those sorts of things could be, could be given away. There's a tract called All I Want for Christmas, which kind of springboards off off Mariah and then kind of looks at, well, what is it that we we want for Christmas and how do we get it? Um, and that's done in 600 words. It's the sort of thing that can be popped in an envelope uh, like that. Um, gospels, you know, God's word is powerful. Let's believe that. And I think we do believe it, but let's um, display our belief by saying, okay, we, we are going to give everybody a gospel and we're going to say, hey, why don't you read this over over the Christmas period? And we did one, it came out last year, um, we sold out last year, it's, it's back again, uh, from Bob Lapine. He's the guy who um, introduces Alistair Begg on Truth for Life, so people might know his name. Uh, he did Four Emotions of Christmas. We uh, See if I can remember the disappointment, uh, sadness, uh, stress, but we can know joy. That's very, very good for those who perhaps have no church experience at all. Maybe they come to mock, uh, and that's about it. Or, or you've invited them to church many times and they've always said no. Those four emotions, they will certainly experience the three, disappointment, sadness, and stress. Wouldn't it be amazing if they came to know Christ and experienced the joy of Christmas? And that's just, again, winsome, um, lots of stories, but um, but the gospel isn't missing from it. it. It's there, it's clear, and it's it's presented really well. That's good. Good stuff. Um, two final questions. Number yeah. one, you guys show up, you mentioned this being y'all show up at all kinds of conferences. I want to know where y'all are going to be in the new year, just a few places. But then also you guys can come to churches, talk about that as well. Yeah. So um, we will basically come to any events or church or ha- happening basically where there's 300 people or more. We're based in in Louisville. Uh, and so 300 people or more is kind of important for, for travel. Um, we're going to be doing the cross conference, uh, God willing, at the beginning of January. You might just pray for that. 10,000 students looking at, 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 at missions. Uh, we're going to be uh, where else? We're going to be in Florida, at, um, uh, High Benir Baptist Church, doing their Sunday services. We we do stuff for ACBC. With um, Nancy Guthrie does her biblical theology workshops. We go to all of those. What basically we do is we'll come to your church or your event. We'll set up ten or twelve um, tables of of books that are all carefully chosen specifically for your event. We'll make some recommendations as part of the program. Those guys who've been to the Pillar Conference will see will have seen what we we do. 
but it is an unbelievable way to get out great resources for people who want to kind of see, touch, feel, et cetera, but at, at prices that just won't be touched anywhere else. So yeah, be in touch with me if that's helpful. Jonathan at 10 is my email address. If that's helpful or you've got other ideas on evangelism, these sorts of things, I'd love to hear from people. Yeah. So drop me a line. That uh, just we've used it personally. So we use it for our we, we've got books for you for our children um, and then even just personally for us. And so uh, I think I've gotten to know you over the last three years now and just really thankful. And we're still every, talking, so I can't yeah. be so bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I just the thing that brings me encouragement because I, I see the the lack of fervor that you've talked about. Again, I feel it in my own heart at times. Uh, to see your passion and energy and even the, just the tangible ways you're going about it is super encouraging to me. And also just we trust and know that the gospel indeed is bearing fruit in the entire world. Yes. Uh, and yeah. so, yeah, thankful for your ministry. Pray the Lord blesses it um, and then certainly bless it in this season. Thank you for listening to the Baptist 21 podcast. To learn more about us, visit us at our website, baptist21.com. Also, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. It would really help us out. If you ever have thoughts or ideas for future interviews, please reach out to us at our email, baptist21 at gmail.com. Again, thanks for listening to the podcast.